Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. She wrote down this list, and the only thing on the list that I was was saved. I'm like, what the, what the heck kind of list is this? What's wrong with you? She came to her senses, and you know, she got her list together later on. But I remember looking at the list, and my initial agenda was, Either she's going to describe me to a T and I'm going to know like, okay, I can go ahead and get a wedding ring and get this thing going. Or it might be a couple things that I see on the list that I, I got to get to that place or whatever. It was like, no, 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 no. Say it. I'm saying that was it. This is not that way with the Lord. Have you ever failed to meet someone else's expectations? How did that make you feel? Pastor Bill today recounts God's list of expectations for his children. We may have failed to meet another's expectations, but their expectations are not as important as God's expectations. God wants His children to be like Him. His list has things like being faithful to our spouse, living wisely, being gentle, living respectably, and not loving money. Let's love God enough to pay attention to His expectations. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 3 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. We're going through the book of 1 Timothy and chapter 3, Paul is speaking to Timothy about the character of those that would serve. Uh, those that are going to serve as overseers, pastors, those are going to serve as servants within the body. There's a criteria, there's, there's a qualification. So that's one thing that we want to note that in God's economy, there's any, anybody just can't step up and say, I want to do that. I want to I be in that place. I want to do that job. I want to serve God in that way. God has a standard for those that would serve him. And so I don't want, because I think this is what could happen. We could listen to a section that talks about the pastor's qualifications. Like, well, I'm not a pastor. I don't even want to be a pastor. So I just let that blow over my head. But I'm, I'm begging you to consider this. That if God would say to a person that this is the kind of character I want for someone that would serve me in that capacity, I think for any believer, that we should look at it and say, well, I, I want to be as useful as I can be to the Lord. A couple things as we look at this, this should be the standard by which we judge those that would serve over us as pastors. Um, some of you guys have come from, I, I know people in the body right here now that have been in some really odd scenarios concerning churches where things were very out of order, the type of things that happened. One thing that God requires of you as a believer is that you know the word. Uh, that you understand from the word that this is what qualifies a man to be a pastor. So if you look at this qualification and see a, a, that that's that's not it, you know, this guy that's not lining up, then it would be on you to say, wow, that that's um, maybe I shouldn't be sitting under this person so that we would understand what the criteria is for those that would serve over us in that way. Later on, as we get to the deacons and deaconesses, that's the men and women that serve in the body. So anybody here at Calvary Chapel Inglewood that serves, you be considered a deacon or a deaconess. Those that are serving and helping um, in the body in different ways. Um, there's a qualification upon, our, upon those lives as well for how we're to be living before the Lord that God cares about the character of those that would serve him. And so um, let's look at chapter three, verse one, first Timothy, it says, this is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. So first he says, hey, this is a faithful saying. This, what I'm saying is, is true. It's right. It's faithful that if someone desires the position of a bishop, the word bishop 
simply means overseers, used synonymously with overseer or pastor. Um, it, all three of those words are used in the same way. Um, if someone desires that position, God says he desires a, a good work. And so I, I know over the years I've seen two attitudes towards a man that would desire the, to be a pastor. I've seen some people just shoot it down like uh, anybody, anybody that wants to be a pastor, you're just arrogant and you shouldn't want to be that. And you should just sit down and and they almost want to snuff it out at the at the jump. God says, hey, if someone desires that they're desiring a good work. And then he says, so then this is the kind of character that you need to have if that's what you desire to be. Uh, the word for desire here, it means literally the word means to stretch out the neck for I have somebody that's saying, man, this is this is. I mean, it's a strong desire. And, and I would ask someone this. If someone says, I really I'm sensing that God's called me to serve in this kind of way as a pastor, as an overseer. I would ask him this. Could you see yourself doing anything else? Is there anything else that you could see yourself? If, if, if you know, is there anything else? I know you, you have a desire to be a pastor. Is there anything else you desire to be? Is there anything else you could see yourself doing? And if they would say, you know, what, I can see myself being this, this, this or that, then be, be that. I believe that someone that feels called to be that, that you can't see yourself doing anything else um, that I, I look at the apostle Paul. I don't think Paul would have took a side job. Uh, you know, I don't think I couldn't see Paul saying, hey, you know, I, I like pastoring and, and overseeing. But, you know, I, I like building boats on the side. too. I'm going to take a month. I'm going to take a year out, build boats. The work that Paul did tent making was to enable him to pastor without taking money from some people that would be stumbled by it when he went to certain areas. And so. Um, someone that says, I have a desire for this. Uh, if you write notes, you can write this down in Jeremiah 45, verse five. Uh, Jeremiah asks a question. He says, do you seek great things for yourself? And then he said this, seek them not. Do not seek them. Don't seek great things for yourself. Um, anybody that has served in the pastorate, uh, you realize it, it, it's a it comes with some it's a it's a spiritual battle. Anybody here that's serving in ministry? Uh, understands that you have entered into um, not only am I belonging to the Lord as a child of God. Now you stepped over into now I'm going to do something. I'm, I'm going to share my faith. I'm going to teach other people the word. The war increases. There'll be battle. There'll be warfare. And so someone that's called to this should be sure that they're called to it because it's, it's going to be difficult at times. Again, Paul, one of my favorite people to read through. Uh, whenever I feel like it's getting rough, I read Paul's letters and it's like, man, you ain't gone through nothing shipwrecked, beaten, jailed, back turned on him by other believers. And I'm like, well, I, I just had my little feelings hurt. You know, like it's, you, I read Paul's letters. And it's, it's like a man up, you know, moment, you know, and just we got to get over it. So he says, if any man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. And so it's not um, I, I, I wouldn't discourage a young man. So we got a kid here that feels like that's I wouldn't discourage. I wouldn't dissuade him. I would say, hey, then then if you believe that's in your heart, what God's called you to be. I challenge you to read through First Timothy chapter three. Listen to the kind of character that you need to have. If that's what God's called you to be, work on being this kind of man. Uh, work on having this kind of character and just continue to follow the Lord and let the Lord continue to confirm that calling in your life. And so um, he desires a good work. If you took the words good work and look up in the original language, it means an excellent difficulty. It was pointed out to me a long time ago that he desires a good work. Understand that it will be work. You're not going to just be sitting down reading your Bible all the time. It's a work. You're going to do stuff. You're going to work at this. So moving on, verse two, it begins to lay out the qualifications for 
this person. And like I said in the very beginning, even though you may be here saying, but I'm not I'm not called to be a pastor. I have no desire to be it. As you listen to this character, um, just look at yourself. Am I this kind of man or woman? Um, How useful am I to the Lord? Uh, Because I believe that our usefulness in God's hand has everything to do with how we're living in our private world, how we're living before the Lord. Um, It could really hinder your usefulness or it could cause you to be very useful in his hands. So God lays out here. This is God's heart for this is what I want. This is what I I like. You know, when when me and my wife were I won't say we were dating, but, you know, I was I was trying to acquire her. You know, I was still trying to, you know, was getting to know her. She said we were friends, but I knew she liked me. You know, so I'm your friend. And so but I remember I did this. I was like, so, you know, what kind of what kind of man do you want to marry? You know, write it down. Let me see. That's one. Put it all on paper for me. That was the baddest worst thing I ever did. Um, She wrote down this list. And the only thing on the list that I was was saved. I'm like, what the heck kind of list is this? What's wrong with you? She came to her senses and you know, she got her list together later on. But I remember looking at the list and my initial agenda was either she's going to describe me to a T and I'm going to know like, OK, I can go ahead and get a wedding ring and get this thing going. Or it might be a couple things that I see on the list that I, I got to get to that place or whatever. It was like, no, 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 no. Say I'm saying. That was it. This is not that way with the Lord. You guys, with God's list right here, God said, this is the kind of person I want to serve me. So pay attention to what I want. I'm God. I love you. I died for you. This is the kind of person I want to serve me and to serve over other people. And I got to point that out, that everybody's not called to oversee other people. Um, Some people oversee others in a very loving, gentle, shepherd type way. Um, And we've all maybe seen people that are over other people in a very harsh way demeaning kind of way. Uh, Maybe you work in the world and you got a boss that's, you know, real, real difficult, real harsh. Um, God says, hey, the overseer, I need to be a certain kind of guy. Uh, I don't want you beating my sheep up. Um, Sheep are not driven. How how, how does, what what do shepherds do to sheep? They lead them. They they go, they lead them with their voice. They lead them to steal waters. You drive, you know, buffalo. You drive a mule, but you, you lead sheep. And so, uh, just a certain kind of guy that can lead people in that way. That's not uh, not cracking a whip and beating people down and everything else. And so here go the, the qualifications, the criteria for a man that will serve as overseer. Verse two, a bishop then must be blameless. The word blameless does not mean that he is without sin or he's flawless uh, or else everybody would be disqualified from even considering uh, anything. You know, it's not blameless. It means this. Uh, It means that that he's living his life in such a way that he can't be blamed. You know, accusations may come, but they won't stick. Um, This man is living his life in such a way where there wouldn't be any disqualifying accusation brought forth that would be true about him. And so he's living a a moral character about his life that it doesn't say that mud won't be flung. It just says when mud is flung, his way won't stick. Um, that he's living his life in a blameless way. So that's one of the criteria. Blameless, again, not sinless, but someone that's living their life in such a way that there are no disqualifying accusations that stick. Um, you're not saying, I saw him at the, the thing doing X, Y, and Z. Did, not him, not that guy. It didn't happen. Um, and I can say this, over the years that I've served as pastor, I haven't had a lot of accusations, but I had one that, um, and I praise God for the weekend that it came. I I was working with high school kids. I got to work on a Monday and there was a girl that went to the school and her mother and they were adamant that they saw me 
driving a black Escalade in Compton smoking marijuana. <laughs> Mind you, I wish I had a black Escalade. I did not have a black Escalade at the time. I didn't have a friend to let me borrow a black Escalade. And by God's grace, that weekend, I was up at Green Valley Christian Camp with some youth doing a camp. And I was there all weekend. I was so glad that I wasn't at home because my, my, my family stays in Compton, all my in-laws, my wife's parents. So I'm like, I got 300 some kids and adults that can vouch that I was in Green Valley way up the mountain. Friday, Saturday, came back Sunday. So it wasn't me, but they were adamant. And I'm like, it wasn't me. And it was almost like when it was verified that it couldn't have been me, they were disappointed. They never said sorry. It was like, it couldn't have been him because they, and it was like, well, I should look just like you. <laughs> I mean, I mean, anyway, didn't stick. I praise God for that. So, so my heart does go out. I'm not, I'm not quick to receive accusations against other people as well because I realize that, you know, it can happen. You, you know, the Bible says it needs to be two or three witnesses that everything may be established. Now it was scary because it was two witnesses. Swore it was me. I said, man, every brother with a bald head has got me sweating now, you know. So anyway, so blameless. Accusations are not sticking. Um, next, the husband of one wife. That does not mean that a pastor has to be married, but it does mean that if he is married, he's a one woman kind of man. Uh, mind you, this was going forth in a time in the culture where men were, there was polygamy going on. Men would have multiple wives in Jewish, um, in the Jewish realm. There'd be a, a common thought was that a man had a mistress for pleasure. He had a, no, he had a concubine for pleasure. He had a legitimate wife for bearing kids to, to bear his name and, a, and, a, and someone else for pleasure. And it was it was OK in that culture, um, not in God's economy, in the world at that time. There's some things that are OK in our world that are not OK with the Lord. Y'all know that. Um, so the same was true back here. And so God said, look, if you're going to serve me in this way, a one woman kind of man, you got one wife, just one, not three, not two, not a wife and a boo. Not a wife and a side girl. You know, you got a wife, you got one person, and, and that's it. Your goal is her uh, till, till death do you part. That's the kind of man that should serve in this way. So a, a pastor can't be a player. A pastor can't be flirting around with everybody. and he, he can't, You can't have a guy serving as an overseer that's, that's that, that has that kind of character. That would be a disqualifying character. For someone that's going to serve God in that way. So the husband of one wife, a one woman kind of man is what it means. Temperate, the self-controlled person exercises self-control, um, not not someone that's off the handle, sober minded. Uh, that means, again, that's a that's a disciplined mind. Someone whose mind is he's got he's, in his mind is under control. It's not someone that's all over the place. That's schizophrenic. You know, it's, you know, here one here, here one day and there the next. He's sober minded. Um, someone whose mind, their mind is under God's control, sober minded of good behavior. That's just real basic that you behave yourself. You don't be a pastor. You just got to be a have, have good behavior. You can't be acting up. Your character shouldn't be that you're the guy cutting up everywhere of good behavior. Um, behave yourself. Hospitable. I was looking this one up. I'll tell you what it doesn't mean. Hospitable doesn't mean that. You know, everybody gets to come to your house every week and eat all your food. And it's like, you the pastor, right? You got to be hospitable. We'll be there at four. You know, um, it, that's not what it means. In this culture, it meant this. You know, believers were travel uh, by foot, 
many times, uh, maybe on animal. Um, they didn't have cars and, and, and trolleys and, and all these sorts of ways to tra travel. So they might come through town and at nightfall come and they need somewhere to stay for the night. And so they'd be looking for believers. Hey, I saw the saw the fish out front. You know, we're, we're traveling through and wondered if, you know, we, you could feed us. Wonder if we could get something. Wonder if we could stay the night. You know, um, that's what it would have meant for them back then, that these are people that hey, we're, we're open. We love other people. We're going to we're going to go out of our way to, to, to show concern, to care, hospitable person. Uh, it could mean having people over and, 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 and being hospitable in that way. This is not a standoffish. I got mine. You can't have none. Back off kind of a person. It's a person that's loving. So, um, you know, maybe someone that's going to give you a ride or, or just be hospitable. It's a character. The next qualification is able to teach. Uh, Old King James says apt to teach. Uh, here it says able to teach. It, it, it means this. Someone that's skilled at teaching that if someone's going to serve as an overseer, uh, a big part of overseeing or being a shepherd is you feed sheep. You feed them what? You feed them the word of God. So you need to be able to teach. Uh, you need to be able to take God's word and break it down and give it out in, in ways that people get it. When they hear the word, and they say, I, I'm hearing it, but I get it. I'm, I'm, I'm growing. I'm learning God's word. I'm getting God's word. I'm being fed the word. I understand it. And I'm growing thereby. That's that's a pastor's uh, it's a qualification. And so needs to be able to teach, able to teach the word to other people. Uh, verse three, not given to wine. You know, now we, you guys know here for you guys that serve here, we've our criteria here is um, any of the pastors here uh, don't drink whatsoever. Um, it's a liberty that we have laid down that we might be more effective in our service to the Lord and not be a stumbling block to anybody. I guarantee you, if some of y'all came out the chilies and saw me throwing them back, y'all be like, well, pastor can have one. I can have four. You know, it, it'll be an issue. Um, let me ask this. How many people here have or do ever have or do struggle with any kind of alcohol or substances by show of hands? Have ever have struggled, do struggle. All right. Some of y'all struggling to raise up your hand. You're like, he still, okay. So this is my thing, right? I used to, I used to do it. I used to drink. I used to party. I used to do that. And I remember how it all got started, right? How, how does, how does, how did you begin to become an alcoholic? What do you got to do to start? Just got to have one drink. It was like, that felt so good. That was, I'm going to do it again. And then I did it again. And then it was like, I'm going to get two of them. And then I, and then it just, that's how it started. Right. And I remember when it first started, I was very much in control. I was in high school, only did it on the weekends, try to make sure mom and dad didn't find out. I went out with the fellas, did the thing and went back home, went to sleep, woke up. And I was all in control. I only did it on the weekend, Monday through Friday. I didn't do it. Well, Friday night. But you know what I'm saying? I was in control of it. Then before you knew it, it was like, I got to do it every day. I got to move out. The mom's getting mad. You know, I got to get somewhere else now. Now I got to do it and drive. And it just took over my life, took over my life. By God's grace, give my life to the Lord. The Lord delivered me from it. So for me, it would be foolish to go and entangle myself in it again. Um, it, it didn't benefit me. And this is how I weigh it out. Right. What would be the benefit of me having my liberty says it says I'm not to be given. I can't be addicted. I can't be hanging out with wine. Um, the benefit of having a cup of wine. I don't know what the benefit would be other than. Having, I don't know what the benefit, I mean, I could, there's a number of beverages I could have that wouldn't get me tipsy. So I don't know what the benefit would be. But when I look at the downside, that could be right. Um, it has the potential to bring me under its power, has the potential to cause me to become addicted to it. it. There's all these negatives that could happen. It could stumble people. Some guys say, well, I only do it in my own home. I got kids in my home that want to be just like me. Y'all all know BJ. Whatever I do, he does. 
I, got, I can't even drink coffee in front of him. Give me coffee too, Dad. I can't have him on coffee. You know, but, you know, you got kids that are looking. So it's like, you know, I, how would that even work? If I came to church and you say, hey, do you drink at home? Do I lie and say, well, I didn't want to do it in front of people. I either do it or I don't. It's my character. Right? I'm a, the, my character says I'm a guy that drinks or I don't. I don't. Um, and that's I've laid that out. That's a standard here. Um, it's so that it's not legalism. I'm not telling people that God said you can't. I'm saying God said I could have a drink, but it's a liberty that I lay down. Paul said in one place, if meat eating meat stumbles you, I won't eat meat. Um, and so that was in a culture where eating certain kinds of meat was stumbling people in their Jewishness. Paul said, look, if me eating bacon is going to stumble you, I'll never eat bacon again. That'd be worse for me than not drinking. So, so, you know, um, but Paul said I would do that to not be a stumbling block to other people. So I don't think it'd be legalistic to say as a pastor, I'm going to lay that liberty down because I live in a time and in a culture where people are dying. Families are being ruined. Lives are being destroyed behind substance abuse. I don't want to have anything to do with it. I see no benefit in it. I see a million downfalls. I'm going to have me a soda pop, you know, so so not given to wine. The next one is not violent. Old King James said he's not a striker. Uh, pastor can't be uh, some quick tempered, you know, guy that's just, you know, ready to scrap at any moment. You know, it could have been your background. Right. Everybody's got a past, but it can't be your present. So if you're serving as an overseer, imagine if you're overseeing. Um, what if what if one of the sheep gets on your nerves? The pastor can't square up and say, what's up then? You know, you can't do that. You got to love the sheep. You got to you, you. That can't be the character of a man that's going to serve God's sheep. That's going to be loving on them and caring for them. Consider this. Some of you guys, kids are over there in the kids room right now. Right. We're cautious and selective about who can be with your kids in the kids room. We wouldn't have a woman over there overseeing your kids that when we watch her with her kids, you know, she's off that chain. That's it. Stop it. He just breathed funny. Pow. You know, like you need to be in here. You know, double services for you. You know, you wouldn't be over there watching my kid. These God said, look, overseer, those are my kids. Those are my sheep. I care for my sheep. And I know some of them are funny style. And I need somebody that's going to be patient. You can't be a striker. That's not a characteristic that pleases the Lord, not just for a pastor. Um, and so if you are not, if you, if you know, if you have no aspirations to be a pastor, but you got a quick temper, um, you want to work on that. It's not a pleasing quality to the Lord and it puts you at risk. I mean, you're not really good to be over other people if you got that character. So he's not violent. Um, then it says he's not greedy for money. So would we'll be uh, and now we see a lot of this uh, in church where. Uh, it, it appears to me that a lot of a lot of men that serve in this capacity are they are greedy for money. And so that's what you hear about a lot in some places. Money, seed time and a harvest and a harvest in the seed time and a sowing and a reaping and a reaping and a sowing. You doing all the sowing. They doing all the reaping. It's, it's just, so it, 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 and that's what it ends up being a real discouragement to people. I think it's one of the biggest turnoffs to people when um, I, I sometimes when I'm out in the street, just interacting with people. I don't even want them to know I'm a pastor yet. Because as soon as they know, oh, okay, all right, you know, what you driving? I love for them to see what I'm driving. Once they find out, you know, they know I'm not one of them kind. But, you know, it, it's not a good place for a guy that's greedy for money. You, someone can't, this isn't a place. If you're greedy for money, go sell houses. You know, go do something else, but don't come into the ministry because um, the goal in ministry is you're giving. 
Uh, you're giving to people. You're giving the word. You're giving them God's truth. Uh, you're ministering to them. There is a portion that comes back to take care of things and take care of the pastors, but it's not so that they can live like rock stars. First Timothy 4, verse 7 through 10 says this, Training yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is a value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. This saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end we toil and strive, because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. We all know exercise is good for the body, but have you considered lately how your soul needs exercise too? We have a long race ahead of us before we get to go home to the Father, and we need to be in shape for the journey. You've made a great first step by being here with us on a transforming word. Hearing the word of God transforms our lives. What's your next training step? Is it to spend some time in prayer or perhaps to go out and find a place to serve? Or maybe it is to take the step of giving. Whatever it is, embrace your soul training today. A Transforming Word is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. In this series, Pastor Bill Buffington has been making his way through the book of 1 Timothy, where we find many golden nuggets of wisdom for the journey. If your next step in training is to give, hop on over to calvaryinglewood.org to give online. Or you can download our app and give from there. Once again, that website is calvaryinglewood.org. Thank you for being a part of this ministry. We'll see you here next time as we journey together here on A Transforming Word.